0: Welcome to Beyond the Shelf. I'm Scott Curry with Chef's Best. We gather to talk about the trends in marketing, retail, and production in food and beverage that are shaping the industry. Joining us today is entrepreneur Alex Grassini. Alex is founder of Alex's Awesome Sourdough, gut friendly pizza. Prior to starting Alex's Awesome Sourdough, Alex was an enterprise account executive for Will, where he helped companies with a technology solution to improve employee wellness. He also has worked for Twilio, Send Power in Senegal, Morgan Stanley, Olympia Media Group, and many others. Alex, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Scott. How are you doing?
0: Excellent, excellent. Uh, you know, we're we're always excited to have on here company founders with a great origin story, and in many cases, it it seems to start with one's own kind of personal health. Uh, so, if you could, you know, if you're willing to share for us your background and. How you sought to kind of take charge of your health, and and what led you to where you are today?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so kind of as you as you uh, succinctly and uh, and articulately put, it, we uh, we bake delicious pizza that makes you feel awesome, and the way that we do that is through sourdough fermentation. Um, you know, my background is more in the tech space, but in 2016, I started developing these autoimmune symptoms. Um, you know, basically skin inflammation and uh, lethargy and all these things that uh, were basically inexplicable. That's uh, basically what autoimmune is. It's just your body overreacting to something. Um, I didn't know what was going on. I had no history of any symptoms. So I went to my doctor and they put me on some medication and uh, went on that for a little while. Nothing was working. So I turned to diet And, uh, after basically three months of being on a whole 30 diet, which means you basically cut out every allergen known to, uh, known to man, uh, all my symptoms went away. And, you know, I haven't any symptoms since, uh, I, I discovered in that instance that I had a wheat sensitivity and through talking to doctors, I discovered sourdough as being a more digestible, better for you option. And, uh. You know, after going through that transformation, decided tech wasn't for me, and and uh, you know the abridged version is I wanted to create a create a brand that showcases sourdough for uh, you know its delicious flavor, but also its its nutrient benefits, and uh, that's what we set out to do. So in 2018, uh, after a lot of thought and research and development, we we took this to market, which is a sourdough crust pizza.
0: I suppose that you liked pizza before and after, and it, it, why did you decide pizza? Because uh, everyone, including myself,
1: loves it. Uh, well, so this sounds like a non sequitur every time I say it, but essentially, after I decided to leave tech um, and create a food brand, I wanted to basically learn a little bit, get get some chops in the kitchen, and the way that I did that is I applied to the top fifty restaurants in the world as an for an apprenticeship. And I just cold emailed them and one of them got back to me and it happened to be in Copenhagen and I flew out there and did an apprenticeship for, for a month. And when I was there, the most popular, where I should say one of the most popular spots to eat for the chefs, uh, was a sourdough pizza restaurant. So, uh, it all kind of basically came together. I mean, also I grew up in the Bay area, which is the Mecca of sourdough. And I basically. You know i i came to realize that you know well for one i think sourdough pizza is vastly superior to traditional pizza crust um i know that's a hot take uh, two um you know the category for pizza is massive and there's a lot of new entrants and innovation so it just made sense um and you know there wasn't a ton of thought behind that to be completely honest but you know i knew the category was big i, I saw the innovation with the with the gluten-free brands I didn't see any with wheat containing brands and um, you know, it, it just, it seemed to make sense. So anecdotally, everything kind of tied up, but I, I just, uh, you know, the best pizza I ever had up until that point was a sourdough pizza. So um, I kind of just went with my instincts. <laughs>
0: mm. uh, I don't mean to put you on the spot here too much, but what, what is it about San Francisco uh, and how it is kind of the, the sourdough capital? It, it actually, it, without you know, haven't given it much prior thought, it, it does make sense to me. I feel like a lot of um, sourdough brands that have experienced do have, a you know, a San Francisco label on it. Was it, I can't imagine it was, uh, you know, the process was figured out there. I, I I don't know how far back we can go, but I'm going to guess sourdough could probably go back hundreds of years or thousands, oh, yeah. I do Thousands, know. thousands, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, go, go, for, go as far back as you want. Um, it, okay. But I'm just curious how... Yeah. Uh, how how sourdough well let, let's 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 do this talk about sourdough what the process is uh mm-hmm. and i think that it probably a little bit maybe unfairly gets lumped into the bread category you know which has its own stature in the nutrition world and opinions from online health gurus and experts and stuff so when we why don't we talk talk history of sourdough a little bit of the, about the process and if you can bring it all the way back around to, to how it landed in san francisco
1: Sure. Yeah. So, so sourdough is a fermentation process. uh, And I want to make that distinction because it's not a flavor of sour, but it's actually a process. And the process is using uh, a wild culture as opposed to an industrial yeast strain. So most all bread out there and pizza crust for that matter, uses one yeast strain that was essentially isolated for one purpose. And that purpose was to fuel mass bread production during industrialization. So the sole purpose of commercial bread that you see that isn't sourdough is basically to just optimize output. Um, Unfortunately, there's a lot of negative health implications to that. Sourdough on the other hand is not only, it's not using an industrial yeast strain. Um, It has wild yeast that are just naturally present in the flour, um, in good quality flour. Also, it contains lactic acid bacteria, and that's the really important distinction because, you know, it's the same gut-friendly bacteria that we see in yogurt or kombucha, for instance. When you ferment with the wild yeast and the lactic acid bacteria, you are breaking down gluten in the dough you're increasing its bioavailable nutrition by reducing something called phytic acid. Um, But essentially what you're doing is you're optimizing, um, you know, the absorption of of vitamins and minerals. I mean, you get a lower glycemic index as well. So, you know, there's all these benefits that you're getting. The other huge distinction is that commercial bread is usually made and fermented for, let's just say, you know, typically I would, uh, a few hours at most, whereas sourdough is very typically uh, at least 12 hours up to 48 hours. Ours is at the very minimum 18 hours. Um, we do play around. I mean, it's fermentation is a pretty fluid process that, you know, we, you know, it's based on time and temperature, but with the longer fermentation, um, you're really letting that lactic acid bacteria go to work. So that's the huge distinction. I mean, as far as the history of sourdough, uh, it, you know, as far as I've seen that there's, uh, been some data to suggest that it's earliest origins documented, go back to ancient Egypt and most cultures around the world. Um, and I believe every continent, well, not every continent with, uh, with any significant food culture has as, as Penguins, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. That's important to note. I don't think the penguins are fermenting anything, but, um, But, you know, if you look at ancient Egypt, you look at um, in China, there's lots of different sourdough products, um, dim sum and the steam bun have origins in in sourdough. Um, They ferment their flours. So, you know, it's 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 quite ubiquitous um, and it's how we made bread, uh, you know, most notably in Italy, um, you know, the classic Napolitan style pizza or the bread that is just kind of left to rise numerous days, how, you know, your grandmother and your grandmother's grandmother used to make bread in, in, in the, uh, in the old world in Europe. I mean, that's all sourdough. So.
0: Mm. So i sitting here pretty well converted to sourdough right now after listening to this and realizing that sourdough is something I have, Kind of only when it's offered, you know, you, you, you go out to breakfast, some, you order some toast and they say, what kind of bread? And they say sourdough and you go, well, that'll be different. That, that'll that be interesting. Um, so <laughs> yeah. so in, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I should purchase more sourdough for my family. Um, Great. These, some of these nutritional benefits, and I know that you're just scratching the surface of them. Uh, are, are Do all sourdoughs contain this? Is there a spectrum? Is it you know, is it, is it kind of like bread where there's whole grain, multi-grain, 20 grain, 12 grain, and you know, you're just, you're you're paralyzed through an analysis they call it, but yeah. Or, or can I just start buying sourdough and, and, and with that, know that I'm getting some of these benefits?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a really good question. And, you know, it's, it's important for us not to make a, a health claim just based on the, the variation there is in the process. I mean, what I'll tell you is, uh, you know, the, the key attributes are that, that it's fermented with a starter. So a lot of sourdough is, is, that's, is marketed as a flavor. And that's what I kind of spoke to earlier. Um, so it'll just use a commercial yeast strain and they'll add acid to the bread. That's not going to do anything for you. So you have to watch out for that. Um, you know, the ways to, you know, read the label and figure it out is if it's Using a, a culture, a, a, a wild culture, which would just be there'd be no added yeast. It would just contain uh, water and flour as the the wild sourdough starter. Uh, and then, you know, what's really key is that you add uh, enough starter, and you also have an active starter, and you and you let it ferment uh, long enough. Which, you know, going back, you know, we, you know, you see sourdoughs that are, you know, anywhere from, you know i would say six plus hours to to 72 hours it gets confusing because as i mentioned fermentation is a product of of time and uh in temperature so it depends you basically the end the 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 easy answer is you just need to trust the source and you know whether it's your neighborhood baker uh, because it's it's a process of feel so when we're looking at our dough for one we use low gluten flour in the first place most breads use really high gluten flour high protein which because you know for for one a lot of these those flours are less expensive two you get a, a larger you get a stronger end product with a bigger rise for us we don't really care about the rise as much we'd rather look at the nutrient profile and the flavor so we use low gluten flour to begin with but with a longer fermentation, as a baker, you you feel the gluten network breaking down. So when when you talk to someone like us and you ask, you know, how how do you know your product is easier to digest? For one, at this point, we have a lot of evidence to suggest it, just based on uh, the sample size of feedback we've gotten, but you know, notably as a baker, you could actually feel the dough softening and breaking down these protein structures. So, you know, a lot of it is for us, as we now measure pH levels, and we rely on our, our hands, um, and the knowledge of our baking team to just ensure that we're meeting the standards of what true what we view true sourdough is. Does that make sense?
0: It makes total sense. And you now have me not only wanting to buy more sourdough, but make it. <laughs> and, you should. I'm trying to envision that, yeah, you know, that feeling that, you know, something, uh, I don't know, you know, chemically is at work that you can actually sense and feel. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's a living would, thing. Probably. Yeah. 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 It's qu- quite rare. It would require a, a living thing. <laughs> um Yeah. I want to ask you about your branding process when you started the company. um you know you went with Alex's awesome sourdough um, you know how did you land on that name? I'm sure there were all sorts of different considerations did you want something that was a little bit more personal uh was it like some folks? it's just by accident next thing you know that that's what it is. Uh, what was that process like for you?
1: Well, it's iterative we we've actually went through a few different name changes to to be honest and uh and I think there's value in starting small and regionally and and then kind of coming into your own right so we went nationally with Alex's awesome sourdough i think uh, we started as a sourdough story and it just didn't have enough energy um you know just kind of based on feedback and personally it didn't feel right um then. You know, I mean, in in reality, it was it was probably a three month process of bugging all my friends and friends, friends and running names by them and driving people insane. And then one day something Alex's awesome sourdough just came out of my mouth. And then we realized that for one, you're humanizing the brand. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to include my name initially, Um, but, you know, I, I think there's value in that. Um, You know, when when customers reach out and I respond, you know, there's they they usually are pretty happy about it. And I I, I guess there's that personal connection Um, and uh, obviously the brand story that we already went into, you know, the the, there's there's an actual you know, there's that there's an actual story and and mission behind the brand, Um, you know, and surprisingly, no one's owned the word awesome. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's like I've done some research. And I'm just really surprised that that's, that word is underutilized because it's a great word. So, <laughs> yeah, it has
0: clear meaning. Yeah.
1: That, that's yeah. A good point. That's a good yeah. Point. So you know that's and then sourdough. I mean, we want to own sourdough. That's that's what we're set to do. Um, you know, we're starting with pizza. We have a lot of R and D on other products that are sourdough related and can't go into too much detail other than that we're going to launch a gluten-free version of our sourdough because it's a process going back to that. So, you know, we could use rice flours, we could use gluten-free flours, ferment those as well. There's health benefits. So we just wanted to establish ourselves as, um, you know, an awesome brand, a fun brand that is human and that also is uh, really owning um, the, the category of sourdough.
0: Yeah. It's very, very approachable brand. And you mentioned a few there. I'll, I'll rattle off. You've got mozzarella, you've got uh, uncured pepperoni, a mushroom pizza, sunflower pesto. That's nut free, which sounds unbelievably good. Uh, plant-based vegan margarita, uh, as you, I think mentioned a grain-free mozzarella is coming soon and a grain-free vegan margarita as well.
1: Yep. Uh, it's on the horizon.
0: So switching gears a little bit. So you're, you know, I, I'm not sure if you're an entrepreneur anymore. You're officially a company owner here. You're, you're off and running here. Um, yeah, i still
1: an entrepreneur. Still scrappy.
0: <laughs> still scrappy, still learning, right? I guess that yeah. would be
1: the the true
0: definition. Um, you know, you're, you're a little, I guess, let's say it on the younger side. It's not something that you shy away from. Um, I won't mention your name. I can guess it a little bit, your, your, your number, but I can guess it a little bit, but uh, I'm well, just wondering 31. what you've... 31, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I was going to say a little under 30 so I feel like that, a young man. You so. I mean I feel like an
1: old man, I'm sorry, you know. So <laughs> I guess there's irony um, in that, but
0: you know, if if you ask me anyone at any age should jump if the opportunity is there to to start a business. You only you only live once as they say. Um uh, but there's advantages and disadvantages to being younger or older for that matter. Um so I wanted to break down a little bit uh particularly for any you know, young entrepreneurs that are out there, uh, so that they can they can learn and uh, any key takeaways that you have. So let, let's start maybe first with, you know, what challenges you've encountered uh and how you overcame overcame them specifically related to uh you know, let's do the math here. You're 31 now. I sounded like about four years ago. So you were about twenty seven years old, which uh I can remember when I was twenty seven and I wasn't starting a company. I guess I can only say that. Um but what were some of the challenges that you faced as you were starting up? Um, still a little bit, a little bit young.
1: Oh man, there's a lot of challenges. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> for we're, one, we're I a, didn't know
1: anyone, right? I had no Where
0: to start? You know, I had no network when I was 27, you know? You yep. Just, you're yep. just fumbling around. You haven't learned the value of relationships yet, right?
1: Totally. Um, you know, that's one thing I'm incredibly thankful for. I mean, where, where I'm based in Marin County is, it's really the epicenter of, uh, it's, it's it's one of the few places maybe Boulder is colorado's up there but there's a, just a fantastic network of entrepreneurs and investors in the food space here so you know there's and i should also mention that my family's been in the space my uh my stepdad who's also uh chairman and cfo is uh an investor in the space he's been in the space for probably 20 years so um definitely leveraged that um and you know i think being 27 i i do remember going into meetings especially with some of the bigger accounts um which would have been you know 28 maybe 29 and just you know i i definitely got a few comments like oh wow you're really young and and i i think you know one thing that uh is a trait that you know i i want to be um uh it's something that, uh, I really hold true to my heart is that, you know, I, I want to surround myself with people with experience. And I also, um, know what I don't know. And, you know, the more, you know, the more you don't, especially, you know, in this business, there's, you have to be humble. So, you know, one way that I do that is, so our VP of sales, um, right away wanted to hire him. He's, he's 70, he's, he's, you know, he's over seven years old and he's, he has a wealth of knowledge and, um, you know, I, I gain confidence being around the experience. So I don't need to be the smartest person in the room. I just need to be genuine. And I think that goes a long way. So that's kind of how I mitigated the issue of being too young. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I think, yeah, networking, you know, I, I think you just got to ask a ton of questions and you got to rely, you, you have to use your instincts to hire good people. And, and I think we did an incredible job. Um, I mean, we have this zero attrition so far. Thankfully, we've, have the same team we've for the last four years uh, kept it really small and we just trust each other. And, you know, if you don't know anything, you know, someone else does on the uh, Slack or email channel. So it's kind of how it works.
0: Great, great lessons for leadership there. And, you know, I I, I think I read as well. You mentioned Copenhagen. I, I you go to Italy as well. I mean, that's something that, you know, someone that's maybe a little later in life, if you like me, I don't think... I don't think my wife and kids are going to let me go to Italy for a couple of months. I'd like to, sounds great. But, <laughs> um, you know, you, you, there's, there's opportunity perhaps in, you know, being younger and maybe having some flexibility in life while you're uh, doing, I, I mean, what, what's the most hours you've worked a week,
1: 80? I mean, you're probably always working, right? Oh yeah. I mean, certainly. I mean, yeah. In the early days, especially. Um, yeah, definitely in that, in that, uh, in that ballpark I mean I think I I remember sitting down with my boss I really had a good time at my previous jobs I mean I I got burnt out in tech just because I wasn't super fulfilled um, as far as I like the missions of the companies I worked for but I really didn't like the just the the day-to-day I remember talking to my my boss when I told him about the concept and he was saying you know look you're 20 whatever I was 26 or something and you don't have any kids. You have disposable income. You know you're not paying any huge bills. You have your health. You know if you're going to start something, this is the perfect time to do it. So you know, always think about that. Like I don't have. I I have, I have really I, I I can't imagine having a family, <laughs> to be completely honest. <laughs> but but I see. But I see uh, other entrepreneurs do it, and I'm just so impressed. Um, I but I think it goes back to just really being st- structured and methodical in your approach to the day. Cause I mean, it's really just about maximizing your output and, of your time and, and everybody's different, you know, like so, everyone on the team, like I, I'm not a micromanager, you know, if some people can do what others can, in my opinion, in seven hours, some people want to actually work a little more laid back and stretch it out to 12. Um, I see that. And I, you know, uh, I think it's important to just, you know, know how you can work optimally. And um, sometimes for me, I'll be burnt out if I'm working 80-hour weeks every week. That's just, that's not going to work. It's not for me personally, so.
0: Yeah, there's that whole concept I've heard and I'm sure I'll butcher it and I wish I knew who I could attribute it to. Uh, But they say to work like a lion, not like a cow. And if you look at a cow just eats all day. Right, just slowly is just eating all day long at the same pace and the same speed. Whereas a lion rests and then hunts and eats and then (laughs) rests again and then hunts it. So, so we're you know working those kind of moments of maximum output, as you say, uh, versus just plodding along. And you know, you don't get that benefit of being at a networking event, someone says, How's it going? I go, Oh, wow, 80 hour weeks. Oh, yeah, it sounds impressive um but they're finding that they being just people that study this at probably harvard business review and the like that it, it you you actually want to be working more in spikes as yep. opposed to just like a cow just munching along munching along you actually want to crush it if you will and then rest then crush it again and rest like a lion and um, oh, that makes sense st- st- sticking with that thread a little bit you you were with an employee wellness company you said it was in tech but nonetheless yep. Uh, you know, it, it helped companies, uh, you know, improve, improve their employee, everything from morale to, uh, you know, less time off and everything. Um, mm-hmm. g- given that perspective in in seeing, you know, I'm sure a lot of different workforce challenges around physical and mental health and how it can impact business no matter the size or or what stage growth you're in. Have you applied any of those learnings to your current company? I mean, obviously, you're very grounded in how you are as a leader, um, but it, do you remember pulling anything forward and, and and that's helped you with your growth to this point?
1: Yeah. So the company I worked for uh, specifically sold emotional intelligence training to executives of organizations to... Um, basically you know and we curated programs so some people wanted to better their relationships or optimize their communication um, you know obviously mental health is uh, very broad in that regard but emotional intelligence training is rooted in mindfulness training um, and you know it's uh, there's a lot of ways to tr- kind of train your tr- train your mind um, to I guess be a more productive, uh employee and that's that's what we were selling and uh and we would prove it out as well um various different case studies so I don't know if you're familiar with headspace but they were at the time more consumer focused now there's a lot of apps that are focusing on on uh, mindfulness and in emotional intelligence meditation etc but this was kind of the pioneering company in the, in the B2B space. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've, uh, you know, I've been doing yoga now for a long time, uh, at least, I don't know, 10 plus years. I, I you know, I feel like everyone says they meditate and nobody does. And I'm kind of, to be honest, like I used to, I go it ebbs and flows. Like I do meditate sometimes, um, mostly, uh, I'm just really cognizant of how, um, when I'm getting stressed and, I, I do take time to myself. So I think it's, it goes around structuring my day to, uh, basically optimize my welfare, um, which then in turn helps me get more output. So, you know, one thing that I do is for the first 45 minutes of the day, I don't, I just read with my coffee. I don't look at email cause I, I get extremely, there were times where I would just go, I'd wake up and I would check my email in bed and I was, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't, it wasn't productive. So, I have all these little hacks and tricks uh, where I know I'm getting unfocused or stressed out and uh, and I just kind of implement them in, in throughout my day so I'm yeah
0: awesome and and that why right there is why you don't bet against someone because of their age because I think we all know <laughs> plenty of folks that have been so-called doing something for 30 40 years and they haven't figured
1: out what you figured out. Oh, I appreciate uh, that. I'm still figuring it out, so don't get the wrong idea. <laughs> that, that's, that, it's, part, it's all a journey, right? It's all that's, a journey. True. Uh, that's
0: true. Well, let's talk about where, where folks can get at Alex's Awesome Sourdough. And the good news, the good news is what I just looked up is, guess what we're going to be eating here in our house tonight? Because it is at Sprouts and Ralph's that are right down the street from me. I uh, have to admit, I thought it looked a little bit familiar. And uh, this is certainly <laughs> what's going to push me over the edge and and go ahead and try something new uh tonight seems like a good night we got to run around as a family tonight so uh seems like a good night to do it but let's talk about where folks can uh can get it if you're at sprouts and ralph's right down the street from you it must be in a lot of locations
1: yeah so we're in we're in four thousand stores across the country sprouts was our champion account and took us national uh about a year and a half ago so yeah we're in every sprouts Um, you know, in your neck of the woods, we're also in Jimbo's and, uh, you know, Ralph's, uh, we're in about 1800 Kroger divisions and they have just a ton of different banners. So, um, you know, uh, it's, it's worth, yeah, it's probably we're probably in your local Kroger store. Um, and we're on good Eggs online here in the Bay area and whole foods, Northern California. We're hoping to expand in whole foods and, you know, we, you know, we're also, uh, we're a natural brand, so, you know, we're in a, a lot of small independents and, you know, that's, I love to shop at those as well. So, you know, we're, your neighborhood co-op, uh, you know, we're, we're likely in your, your little neighborhood, you know, what I call hippie stores, but uh, so, you know, we have pretty good distribution, you know, we're, we're, uh, we, we've got a long way to go, but uh, you know, we'll take 4,000 so far. <laughs> <It'll> <laughs> off to a great start yeah uh, but uh, off to a great start
0: well i invite anyone to uh you can check them out at awesome uh no surprise you've got your nutrition labels there and uh you know you can see all the different nutritional information no soy or canola oil no added sugar no commercial yeast i'm talking about the mozzarella here uh, mm-hmm. but people with uh you know health conscious mindset can check it out and learn a little bit more you're on instagram as well at awesome sourdough and uh facebook at awesome sourdough as well um any other way that folks can reach you
1: well the find us page on the website goes directly to me and uh my phone number is on the website as well so you know i'm i'd love to chat and especially if you have any feedback on the product we're constantly you know iterating and trying to improve and uh yeah, I would love to, love to hear from you all. So no, yeah, I think that, uh, that wraps it up. I appreciate, appreciate the time, Scott.
0: You're very welcome. Thanks for coming on, sharing your story. Uh, glad to, I would say above all hear that you got, you know, you kind of solved the health puzzle yourself personally and, uh, that, that, that's going well for you. Uh, and that has Thank led you. to a great, a great product, uh, one that people should embrace, you know, for nutritional value, it makes sourdough makes you feel a little less full. you've mentioned uh, mm-hmm. which is you know leads to probably productivity in your own life if you're not walking around <laughs> with that, that heavy yeah. feeling that, I like that's that some of us have experienced so uh we love having folks on that are bringing a great product to market so we appreciate having you on
1: it's great to be here really appreciate the time
0: thank you for joining us on beyond the shelf presented by chef's best If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening to episodes.